Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This 24-part series on interpreting the book of Revelation was given at Tungling Bible College in Singapore back in 2002. Be sure to get a copy of the textbook by the same title, available from Amazon in your region in paperback and ebook formats, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. Okay, Revelation chapter 12, I'll just read uh, several verses from this chapter. So we're told here in Revelation 12, verse 1, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon having seven heads, and ten horns and seven crowns upon her heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to, uh, to devour her child as soon as born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that uh, they should feed her uh, 1260 days. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, the dragon fought, and his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. The great dragon was cast out, and uh, that old serpent called the devil and Satan that deceives the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, uh, in heaven, now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accused of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God uh, day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of their testimony, and they loved uh, not their lives to death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, ye that dwell in them, woe in the heavens of the earth and of the sea. Uh, so he picked that up again, the earth and the sea, uh, for the Antichrist comes out of the earth, or uh, the false prophet out of the earth, and the uh, Antichrist out of the sea. The devil has come down to you having a uh, great wrath, wrath because he knows that he is but a short time. All right, let's hold it there. Now, in a chapter like this, uh, in the outline that I've given you, these are the uh, personages that we sort of have to identify in uh, looking at this uh, chapter here. So, uh, first of all, we want to make some comments on the sun-clothed woman, verses 1 and 2. And then uh, number two, the great red dragon. Then number three on the uh, man-child. And then number four, the archangel Michael. Then five, remnant of the woman's seed. And then uh, we come to parenthetical visions again on number six, the anti-crystal beast. And then the beast, the false prophet. So uh, you'll notice in this chapter, Revelation chapter 12, and again, uh, probably the... Uh, like Revelation chapter 11, the most controversial chapter, probably of all the chapters in Revelation, this would be the most controversial uh, that you have to sort out. Okay, what a proper proper hermeneutics there. And so what we've got here is basically uh, one, two, three companies of, of people. So I'd like you to make a note of this before we get into a little bit of interpretation here. Uh, so first of all, we have the sun-clothed woman. Now, I'm not going to take time to, you know, uh, I've dealt with this very fully in the text, but some say the Roman church says that the woman is Mary, and then uh, others say it's Israel, some say it's the church. Probably the, uh, the basic three views are that it's Mary, 
the mother of Jesus, that the man child is Jesus, and then um, others say that the uh, uh, that it's the nation of Israel, and uh, using Old Testament language, uh, and uh, that the man child is Jesus also. And so here, here's, here's the problems that you have to work out uh, before you come to uh, you know the decision that you you, you would accept. And I'm giving you the uh, third view, that I'm giving you the Christian millennial view has uh, been designated. So you'll notice here that there are three different companies, uh, most expositors, whichever view they hold. They see the sun-clothed woman as a company, they see the man-child company, and they see the remnant uh, of the woman seen as a company. Now this is the thing I want you to pick up. There are three different companies who have three different destinations. The sun-clothed woman, symbolically, and we know it's in symbolic language here. I know the sun, moon, star shines out of my wife, but, uh, yeah, sorry she's not here to hear that. We just said to a tape, please. So, uh, so uh, she is in heavenly places. So though she's on earth, she's in heavenly places. I saw a great wonder in heaven. And by heaven we mean heavenly places. So her destiny, the devil just hates, hates, hates this woman, whether you go for Israel or the church. I think we can eliminate uh, uh, the woman being Mary, as we'll see in a moment. The, the, the great red dragon hates the woman. And the destination of the woman, though she's in heavenly places here on earth, the dragon stood before the woman, Dragon is out to devour the man-child company. And uh, then God miraculously preserves the woman in a place called the wilderness. Whatever the wilderness is, whether it's a place or a state. And so the woman is miraculously preserved. Now, you have to link it up with what's gone before because remember the, uh, the sealed ones, 144,000 sealed ones? They were not hurt, hurt uh, of the... Uh, of the uh, things that was taking place on the earth at that time. So the sun-clothed woman is miraculously preserved right here on earth, uh, a place called the wilderness. And we might say this while it's in my little mind here, is that all through the Bible, whatever, whatever you know, God's God, or he thinks he's God, doesn't he? How many know that God is God? That God can do what he likes. So, you know, God preserved Israel in Egypt while the plagues were falling. I mean, you know, it's just miraculous. There was darkness right up to here, and then the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Uh, the flies, they were up to here in Egypt. Flies everywhere, uh, lice, they were lousy, um, whatever. Uh, but God miraculously preserved Israel right here uh, while the plagues were falling. And so, you know, the Egyptians suffered under the plagues, but the Israelites were preserved from the plagues. First couple of plagues, it touched uh, two or three, touched everybody. But then it's the rest of Psalm 91. No plague will come nigh thy dwelling. So God miraculously preserved Israel as the sealed company back in Exodus, as a sample under Moses and Aaron, two witnesses, please. And, and, and then in Exodus, he said, I bought you out of Egypt on eagles' wings unto myself. Now, like type and anti-type just correspond. Here we have Moses and Elijah, we believe, and here is a woman that's miraculously preserved 
while the plagues are falling, she is given wings of two, uh, two wings of a great eagle to fly into a place. And just as God took Israel, he said, I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you under myself. So the, the parallel, which I've done very fully in the text, parallel is just amazing. Israel back here, plagues falling, Moses and Aaron, two witnesses, God miraculously preserving Israel, bringing her into the wilderness of Sinai on eagle's wings unto himself. Here it is, just parallel. Here we have this woman miraculously preserved uh, for this period of time. And you see, the thing is, if we put it else in any other period of time, then we get into what some expositors do, uh, over-dispensationalize and say, oh, well, this is uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, or this is Israel, over 1260 years, 1260 days. Uh, for years, so you just can't do that. If this is three and a half years here, and that's three and a half years here, and three and a half years, if you're going to be wrong, be consistently wrong. Don't suddenly say, well, the 1260 days here, 1260 years. See, it gets, it gets so complicated instead of leaving it. These are the events that take place in the last half of the 70th week. That, that, that's at least consistent. If it's wrong, it's consistently wrong, but it's, I believe it's consistently right. So, so that's what you've got to see. This woman, uh, we'll come back to that in a moment, miraculously preserved. Now, here on earth, three different companies, three different destinations in the same period of time. Now, the man-child company, and we'll come to, back to that in a moment, is miraculously translated to heaven. The woman is miraculously preserved here on earth, whoever she is. The man-child is miraculously translated to heaven. Now, for those who say, well, the man-child is Christ, say no. If you read the scripture properly, where it says, and the man-child is caught up, the Greek actually is, it was snatched up. Seized. Snatched up to heaven when? At its birth. So what makes it difficult for those who hold the view, say, well, okay, the woman is Israel or the woman is Mary, and the man-child absolutely is Christ, full stop, no question, nothing else to even consider. So yeah, just a minute. Christ was not snatched up to heaven at his birth. He ascended by right of who he was. You see, Jesus was not translated. Enoch was translated. Moses was translated. Elijah was translated, because translate means to take across from one place, trans across, they were taken from one place to another, taken from earth to heaven. Jesus was not translated, he ascended. The others did not ascend. He ascended by right of who he was. He said, I came down from heaven to do my Father's will, I'm going back to heaven. He, so he ascended, just wasn't translated. There was a big difference. Church will be translated. By God's power, we will not ascend by our own right. How many get the difference there? Very important. So the man-child company is miraculously snatched up, seized at its birth. Why? And taken to heaven. So some clothed woman miraculously preserved right here on earth in this three and a half years. The man-child is snatched up to heaven at its birth. Jesus was not, but at its birth. And the moment the man-child gets to heaven, there is war in heaven between Michael and his angels and the devil and his angels. Okay? So that's there. So different destination. Now, the remnant, literally, the remaining ones, the word remnant is that which is left over, the remaining ones, 
The remnant of the woman's seed, let me explain that, different destination. They are overcome. They are actually tribulation saints. They did not qualify to be in this bride. So the remnant, they are overcome. Different destination. They become martyrs because the dragon turns to make war with the remnant of the woman's seed. So main thing I want you to pick up there when you study this chapter, I've got three different companies, three different destinations, three different places. Sun-clothed woman miraculously preserved in a place called the wilderness from the plagues. No plague would come nigh your dwelling. The man-child miraculously snatched up to heaven at his birth. And then the remnant of the woman's seed, not miraculously preserved, but overcome. And uh, they don't lose their salvation, but they lose their life. They become martyrs. So we've sort of had hints of this on the way through. Those that are sealed, those who are unsealed. Those who are overcomers, those who are non-overcomers. Remember, and we've got to keep bringing Revelation along. In the, in the seven churches that we've dealt with, you are either overcome or an overcomer. And see, something that we don't do, deal with too much, uh, for, the, for those of us, because we like to be positive, we take all the promises uh, to the overcomers, but we don't take the punishments to the non-overcomers. Mm. So we've got to put the vote column down. So promise tree of life, not heard of the second death. Promise, promise, promise. The punishments, remove the candlesticks, be you out of my mouth, cast you to bed of great tribulation. So we've got to follow them too. So through Revelation, we have those who uh, are overcome and those who are overcomers. And that's the same picture that we're looking at here. All right, now. I'm not going to uh, pollute your mind by all the different theories. I have done that in the text there. Uh, whether the woman is the Virgin Mary or the Church of the Old and New Testament, the Church of All Ages, uh, or the Nation of Israel. I want to read you some questions that, uh, uh, before anybody exercises their leg muscles and jumps to conclusions. <laughs> that, uh, let me see where I, where I got that. I got some uh, questions here. Let me see if I can find them. Yeah. That's sort of, uh, uh, for me, helping in the study on, on this here. I sort of go through, uh, uh, like, process of elimination before we get into some interpretation. Uh, because of the number of theories and interpretations of this pivotal chapter in Revelation, the following questions may be used with great profit to help one's understanding and interpretation of this chapter, okay? Number one, we'd have to ask the question, who is this woman? Is it national Israel, Mary, or the true church, the bride of Christ? Two, if the woman is Israel or Mary, when were either clothed with the glory of the sun and the moon and the stars? At Christ's birth, the Jewry was devoid of the manifest glory of God. Number three, who is the man-child? Is it Jesus Christ, the overcomer church, or another company? Four, if the man-child is Christ, or any of the other suggestions, why is it snatched up to God at birth? Christ ascended, or yes, ascended after 33 to 4, 34 years of ministry on earth. Uh, number five, who are the stars of verse 4? Angels, men, or saints? When did this happen? If the woman is either Israel or Mary, when did Mary or Israel flee to the wilderness? And where and what is this wilderness? And this woman is protected from the face of the serpent for three and a half years. When did this happen to Israel or Mary? Then, what is this period of time? 
three and a half years time times and half a time. Um, at the advent of the child, Satan and his angels are cast out of heaven to earth. Did this take place? Was Satan and his host cast out at that time? Satan has about a short time once he's cast out. Well, it's almost been 2,000 years. Uh, if the woman is Israel and protected for 1,260 days, who is the remnant of her seed spoken of in verse 17? So, so these are the complicated questions. You have to look at those questions and answer them, okay, uh, in order to come to some uh, opinion about this chapter. All right, so I'm going to say what this third school believes, the Christian millennium. I believe it's a picture of the church. So let's uh, go to Revelation chapter 12 again in the light of those uh, comments there. Alright, so number one, I believe number one that the woman is the church, the bride of Christ. Now, just get a little bit of uh, running commentary here. Always conscious. Okay, so a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now, having done my little fixations, I've done every reference to the sun in the total Bible, every reference to the moon in the total Bible, every reference to stars in the total Bible. Now, Paul takes these three things, and uh, through the Bible, I'll just give you uh, one major one here. Paul takes these things as representing the glory of God and the glory of resurrection. So that one glory of the sun, one glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. And so this woman is clothed with the glory of the sun, sun glory. His face shines as the sun. Those that, be, uh, those that turn many to righteousness will shine as the brightness of the firmament, as the stars of heaven. And sun glory, let them that love you be as the sun. Uh, I can't quote every reference to the sun, uh, but it's right through. So always the glory of God. And the moon, and though it doesn't specifically say it here, the moon, as we see, is the only body in heaven that is associated with blood. Because the moon will become as blood. And though, as I said, it's not specifically stated here, implication is the moon is a broken body. And this woman, her feet are standing on, on, on blood atonement. In fact, the, the moon is also called the silvery moon. And silver and blood are associated with the moon, the silvery moon, and the moon is blood, because blood is always redemption. So here's this woman, the church, the bride of Christ, in this end of the age, please. It's got to, you see, this, this is the, the key to it. It, it. This this vision concerns this three and a half years, same as this vision concerns three and a half years. This vision concerns three and a half years. If we throw that away, then we're open to a thousand thousand uh, you know, uh, ideas. But it's this time element sort of locks you in in this end of the age, this church in this end of the age, here, clothed with the glory of the sun, moon standing on feet, 12 stars, a diadem of 12 stars, what I said the other day, I believe, uh, the last day, 12 apostles that bring the church as the crown in glory. So clothed with the glory of the sun, the moon, the stars, a picture of the church. All right, apply that to Israel has its difficulties. Alright, now, so that's the picture. And then, as you follow the, the destiny of the woman which we have done, uh, the dragon is standing before because the, the devil hates the church. He hates Christ, he hates the church. And uh, persecution of the church. Verse 6, woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God and she is preserved there for 1260 days 
And then in verse 14, again, the woman is given two wings of the great eagle. And when you go through the Bible, again, which I've done on this, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as an eagle. Wow. Uh, and then God said, I brought you, as, a, as an eagle stirs up on there, so I, I brought you, I disturbed you there, and so brought you on eagle's wings unto myself. And so uh, in uh, Zechariah, we see two women there with, with the wings of a stork. The stork's an unclean bird. And I don't know why they always have us delivering our little babies with a stork, do you? <laughs> I prefer an eagle. So uh, being an eagle saint, and so how God likens the eagles, where the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Now, you know, carnal, earthly interpretation, say, well, the body is the Jewish body, and the eagles are the Roman eagles. Hey, if you study the book of Job, read it properly, the eagles gather around the body of a lamb. Well, all that symbolic language to me of the eagle saints that gather around the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Symbolic language. See, we need to do it through the whole Bible. That's what I'm saying. So this woman is miraculously preserved. So what I'm saying here is, I believe this is a picture of the church, bride of Christ, that will be in this period of time miraculously, uh, miraculously preserved in this period of time. Sealed ones, seal of God, what we talked about, overcomers, uh, whatever you like. The remnant, those who don't measure up, see, we can put that all down. Overcomers, measured up, seal ones, church bride of Christ. In this period of time, God's going to preserve a church right through to his second coming. All right, now let's go to the next company and uh, touch on this uh, briefly here, the uh, man-child. Most people don't have a, any trouble with the devil. I mean, they do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the great red dragon, and Michael and that, but uh, the, the, the man-child. I'd like to give you a few uh, thoughts on that. And as I said, these things have been dealt with very fully in the text. But um, let's go over to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. And I want to pick up in um, uh, Genesis chapter 3 and just pick up somewhere about uh, verse 14, 14, 15, somewhere there. Okay, let's pick up in uh, Genesis uh, 3, 14. Okay, Genesis 3, verse 14 and 15. Now, the fall has just taken place. Now, uh, you, you know, I mean, uh, I know some of you are just overcome with all this. I get overcome with it too. But uh, I do encourage you to buy the tapes. Remember, you can turn me off on the tapes, run it back and play it and so forth, because uh, we're throwing the book at you this week. But... Uh, you know, God's got the whole thing there. And see, the picture that we've got way back here is, let me, well, let me read the scripture first. Go to verse, uh, verse, uh, <laughs> let's go to verse 12. And the man said, uh, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave, uh, gave me up the tree and I did eat. Passing the buck. The man blamed the woman. God, I was all right till I woke up and found myself married. <laughs> Your fault. The woman you gave me. And uh, the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? 
See, the, the man blamed God, then he blamed the woman, then the woman blamed the devil, and the devil didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> In fact, I think you told me in Malaysia that if Adam was a, a Chinese Malay, he would have eaten the serpent. <laughs> Chinese meal. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you were cursed above all cattle. God did not curse the man or the woman made in his image. They suffered from the curse of the earth, but he did not curse the man or woman made in his image. He did curse the serpent. Very important to keep in mind. Because of what people do to women, and they say, well, the women are under curse. No, God didn't do that. Because you've done this, he cursed the cattle and the serpent. You were cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon your belly you'll go, and dust you'll eat all, your, all the days of your life. But snakes do not eat dust. Man was made from dust. And the dust to dust, and ashes to ashes. So the serpent's still feeding on dust. And I will put enmity between you, thee, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto the woman, and to Adam. Now, let's pick up the picture I want you to get here. Just helping us on this uh, whole area. I'll uh, sort of rub this off for the, uh, for the moment here. Now, I want you to, want you to sort of link Genesis chapter 3 uh, with Revelation chapter 12. Okay, this is the picture of Genesis 3 and Revelation 12. What's, uh, what's here? Now, in Genesis chapter 3, we have the woman. The first bride, the bride of Adam, Mrs. Adam, or as he called the later one, Eve. And Adam's down the other end of the garden doing something, whatever, probably uh, fixing up the trees, whatever. And the serpent, please, please try and get hold of this, the serpent comes and stands before the woman. Now we have a similar scene here. Here we have another woman. But this woman, not the bride of the first Adam as Eve was, because Paul says, I fear that as the serpent beguiled Eve, so you would, your minds would be beguiled. And he says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being in the transgression was deceived. So this first woman, deception. But here we have another woman, the bride of the last Adam, Christ. And now we have a similar picture the serpent is standing before this woman. This woman is deceived, but this woman is not going to be deceived. She's clothed with the glory of the sun, moon, and stars. So when God comes on the scene, He says something to the woman, He says something to the serpent. And so, the picture sort of goes like this. Alright, so the greatest promise we have now is Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. That's the picture we have. Genesis 3, 15. Now God says, He says to the serpent and relative to the woman, I'm going to put an enmity between you and the woman. So over on one side we have the woman, in this case Eve, 
And then over on this other side, we have the serpent. And he says there's going to be an enmity. And if you want to put in the middle here, enmity, warfare, conflict. Enmity, warfare, conflict. I won't put all the words up here. And, and God's not saying that women are scared of snakes. <laughs> I know, because you'd eat them here, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Alright, so uh, the, the, the woman and the serpent, enmity and warfare. So there's going to be a hatred, a warfare, conflict right between the woman and the serpent. And we see this nationally, internationally. We see just the hatred against women today. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, God continues on. I'm going to put enmity, warfare, or conflict between you and the woman. So the devil against a woman. And it's not just a set. It's, it's deeper than just surfing the net here. Surface reading. It's a picture of the church because just as Adam is a type of Christ, Eve was a type of the church. The devil remains the same. Now, God goes on and says, yeah, God says, okay, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. So please, let's continue on. There is going to be serpent seed, the seed of the serpent. And then on the other side, there's going to be seed of the woman. So here's the beginning of the seed line. The seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent. Now, please, I hope you're coming with me. When, we, when we're looking at the book of Genesis, the book of origins, the seed book of the Bible, the consummation is revelation because Moses and John shake hands together. And what was there in seed form is now consummated in Revelation chapter 12. We have another woman and the serpent standing before the woman. But there's going to be a seed there. So, enmity between the serpent and the woman, between her seed, your seed. Now, what did he say? There's going to be a, going to be a bruising on both sides. He says, the seed of the serpent, please put it down here, will bruise... The head, so we have a bruising here, and the seed of the woman will bruise. Uh, I'm sorry, I got that, that mixed up. The seed of the serpent will bruise the heel, but the seed of the woman will bruise the head. So now you've got this double bruising here, bruising on that side, bruising here. But on this side, the seed of the serpent will bruise the heel, but on this side, the seed of the woman. Okay, think ultimately man-child will bruise the serpent's head. Now, if you get a wound in the heel, you can be healed. <laughs> so you can heal the heel. But if a serpent, a snake, gets crushed in the head, it's dead. It's dead. So, all that began back there, as I followed it through the Bible, in every generation, God has had this mysterious, we might say, woman. In the Old Testament, the woman was Israel, please. The seed of the woman, we have the godly in Israel. Bruising conflict war by the other nations and everything. In the Old Testament, we have the seed of the serpent, sons of Belial. Bruising. 
But then we come right to the ultimate, let me maybe... Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Get your binoculars out, sorry about this. Okay, this is coming on with a picture now. These two mysteries, alright, let's uh, try and pick it up here. Oh, look at that time. Okay, so, just what I've been doing, I want to break it up though, line upon line. So the woman, the seed, bruise. Now, this begins the mystery of godliness. And over on this side, the serpent, the seed, bruising the head, mystery of iniquity. And this seed line now starts to go through Abel, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right through to Christ. And we talk about the Antichrist, which we will later on. In the Antichrist revelation, it's not one at the expense of the other. People just take parts of the jigsaw puzzle and make it the whole. There's the Antichrist, I mean there's the Christ, the head. Christ the head. There is the church, Christians, the body of Christ. And the thing that unites head and body is the spirit of Christ. This is the seed line. Then on the negative side, you've got Cain, seed of the serpent. Cain was of that wicked one. Ham, Nimrod, Ishmael, Esau. We think of the whole conflict today. And this seed line, which I've just done very shortly, Antichrist, head, body, spirit of Antichrist, that is already at work. So what I'm saying here is, God has always had in every age, in that sense, the mystical woman. The true church, the true people of God. True Israel, false Israel. See the seven. I mean, you know, when John the Baptist came, what did he say to the Pharisees? They said, We're Abraham's, he said, seed. They said, He said, You are your serpent, the devil, or the father, the devil. See, Jesus had never read, you know, how to win Jews and influence Pharisees in six easy lessons. They said, Abraham's our father. He said, I know Abraham's your father, but if you were Abraham's children, you'd believe me. You are your father, the devil. And he's talking to the Jews. I mean, no wonder Jesus got crucified. So what I'm saying is the woman and the seed goes all the way through. The serpent and the seed of the serpent go all the way through. John the Baptist said, you generation of vipers, you bunch of snakes, why don't you get baptized? And John got beheaded for that. Okay. So what we're seeing in Revelation 12 now with the woman and the man-child is the consummation of everything that was began in Genesis chapter 3. So we haven't got time to develop more than that, but simply say that I believe that from the church, the bride of Christ, there's going to come a company that will be the man-child company, and God will use that company to bring down the serpent, crushing the head of the serpent, because that's exactly what happens in the outline I've given you there. So, yeah, no, I better keep that. Yeah. So, um, so what we've got here then, because we've only got a few more minutes, so some clothed woman representing the church, the bride of Christ, in that period of time, okay? Not all through church history, that period of time. The great red dragon, no mistake about that, everybody agrees on that. The devil himself, the serpent, that old serpent, the devil, and Satan. Very significant, the use of the serpent. The serpent standing before the woman back here. Serpent standing before the woman here. God promising the woman that she would have a seed that would crush the serpent's head. And this woman here now having the seed, the man-child, that is going to crush the serpent's head and cause Satan to be cast out of heaven to earth. That's the picture that we've got. 
And I believe as the time comes, God will give us much more insight and details, particularly as we head towards that period. Then the archangel Michael, I've already referred to him, he contended with the devil. So we've got Michael, the archangel of the resurrection, the devil, the archangel of death, contending over the body of Moses. They, the, the, the devil just hates the church. And then the remnant of the woman's seed, I believe, are those non-overcomers who, who uh, don't lose their salvation, but uh, lose their lose their life. Tribulation saints. Okay, now, let's see what I need to finish on here. In preparation, I think that's all we can do on that. In preparation for chapter 13, I think it's important to realize that it's always first the natural and then the spiritual. So first the natural, then the spiritual. So let's put this diagram on uh, before we take a break here. Alright, so in the, in the climax of the ages that we're dealing with, uh, people say, well, who's going to come first, Christ or Antichrist? Alright, who came first, Cain or Abel? Uh, which bird went out the ark first, the raven or the dove? The raven precedes the dove. Which came first, Ishmael or Isaac? Who came first, Esau or Jacob? Of the first of the nations, Egypt or Israel? Which were bound first, the wheat or the tares? The tares were bound into ecumenical, uh, pardon me, uh, the tares were bound into bundles first. See, it's not a secret rapture first. Separation of the bad fish and the good fish. Spirit of Antichrist at work, mystery of iniquity, spirit of Christ at work, mystery of godliness. So what we've got to realize is that these two mysteries are running all the way through and it all began in the seed book of the Bible. So we have seed of the woman through every age, every dispensation, right through the Old Testament, right through, and the bruising of the heel, which is not incurable. And the seed of the serpent, there's always been serpent seed, there's plenty of it around today. But eventually the bruising of the head. So this enmity, this warfare, this conflict, it's not just between women hating snakes and snakes hating women. It's deeper than that. This woman becomes the mystical woman. First of all, in the Old Testament, in national Israel, in the New Testament, it's the church, the picture of the bride of Christ. So I hope that sort of gives you some, uh, something to think about uh, between now and the millennium. How many would say amen? amen. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.